Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. How do you get into a real estate market before the big wave comes so that you can capitalize on all that's happening? That's what we're going to talk about today. And we've got an amazing guest on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Hello, Real Estate Guys listeners. This is Ken Corsini with Georgia Residential Partners. I want to personally invite you to attend our upcoming field trip to Atlanta with Robert and Russ, June 20th through the 22nd. If you've been to one of our field trips in the past, you know what an amazing opportunity this is to get a personal tour of Atlanta while also analyzing a number of investment opportunities in our market right now. You see, at Georgia Residential Partners, we specialize in providing turnkey residential investment properties to investors all over the country. From renovations, to leasing, to financing and property management, our bread and butter is making an out-of-state investment as painless and profitable as possible. If you have a second, download our special report on Atlanta at therealestateguysradio.com or check out some of our current inventory at gainvesting.com. And again, don't forget to sign up soon for our Atlanta field trip, June 20 through the 22nd. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me as usual, co-host financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. Hey there. You know, everybody wants to know how you get into a real estate market before it becomes hot. And there's certain markets that just plot along and they don't really rise and the rents don't change. And then there's other markets that tank. Then there's markets that just seem to hit home runs. And the big question is, how do you figure out beforehand because markets leave clues. Right. I mean, markets are like people and they have personalities. Back in the day, I don't know if you remember, but early in my sales career, one of the classes I took was reading body language. You had to, It wasn't just the words. It was like only 7% of the communication was the words. And I would liken that to the data. You know, a marketplace, only a percentage of it is the data. And then a lot of it is the little subtleties that are in the market. And so, you know, when you're in a in a meeting or, you know, for guys that are, you know, young people in a bar or whatever, there's a vibe, right? There's a feeling and you walk in and you can feel the energy in the room. And then if you're making a connection with somebody, then you've got something going on there, right? And you're looking at their eyes, you're listening to their voice, the tonality, the words, the gestures. There's just so many things. And, and a market is a lot like that. You know, when we go in like on a market field trip, sure, we look at the data and we talk about the drivers and all those things but we also try to figure out what is not in the data because the data is largely driven by what happened in the past which is very important as you try to extrapolate what the future could be but there's things happening right now and the only people who know what's happening right now are the people who are in the trenches in the street at the street level experiencing the market they really can help you determine kind of what that trend is going to look like in the future. I think your analogy of communication is huge, right? 7% of communication is words. The rest has to do with the way the message is delivered and body language and tonality and just all the different things. Of course, the physical side of that, I think people think they can find a great real estate market online. Because there are great resources today to be able to find out statistics about employment and about businesses and jobs coming in and about housing statistics, they think they can sit at their desk and figure out a real estate market and they can probably figure out about 7%. Yeah, well, so, I mean, like a dating service, right? Just to continue with that analogy. So if I'm in a dating service and I find somebody whose picture I like online, that's the beginning, 
of the exploration. That's not the decision. It's like, oh, that person looks really good. I think I'll marry them. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, no, let me let me make contact. Let's get together and visit. Let's talk. Let's exchange ideas. Let's get to know each other. Let's see how things develop over time. You know, I'm changing and evolving as a person or to switch back to the marketplace concept. I'm evolving as an investor and the marketplace is evolving. And I'm trying to figure out how it fits into me and how I fit into it. And those things take a little bit of time. The beautiful thing about the Internet is also the curse. And that is that we can get our hands on so much data, so many people's opinions so fast. It's great because you can see the smoke signals. But at the same time, you really don't feel the heat of the fire from a distance. you got to get a little bit closer to try to figure out what's really happening. Well, we say the markets leave clues, so you want to look for those smoke signals. If, if it seems like there might be some reason that a market is poised to take off, then you watch it. And you get in there and you spend time and you kiss some frogs. You find out who are the players in the market. Who are the people I need to really keep tabs of? The brokers and the lenders and the appraisers and the property managers. And who's really got their pulse on the market? What's happening in the Chamber of Commerce? And what's happening in uh, the businesses that are coming in? And what kinds of jobs are coming in? And all those things. People look back at our history, and we, for four years in a row, we took our students into the number one real estate market in the country before it was the number one market, a year before it was the number one market. In four years, we missed one market, which was Cape Coral, Florida, was right. the number one market. And I think in the in hindsight, that market imploded worse than almost any other market on planet Earth, so the bones weren't quite there. But in the last few years, last five years, right, the things we were saying about Dallas Almost all of that has happened. The right. things that we've said about markets like Memphis, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Georgia, and we've gotten into markets, we've watched, and we've been patient. Now, for every market like that that has performed exceedingly well, there's probably another half a dozen markets we watched and maybe there was a smoke signal, but there was no fire. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's not like we got every market, but there were certainly markets that looked like they had good signals coming out and then you go check them out and you're like, mm, you know, not so much. And then you go back and you look at the other markets and you say, wow, these things really had some basic fundamentals. And the beautiful thing, right, if you're listening to this podcast and you just found us or listening to this radio show and you've just found us, get into the podcast archives and go back and listen to shows from two, three, four years ago as we were talking about what was going on in, in Dallas, what was going on, what we thought we saw in Atlanta, what we thought we saw in Memphis, and how we factored in what was going on at the macro level in terms of the economics of the country and what the where the opportunity opportunities would be and maybe where they wouldn't be because you brought up Cape Coral and that's really important you know we did a show a few weeks ago about the importance of infrastructure and if you look at the marketplaces that we went into and the market that we didn't go into Cape Coral the big glaring difference was infrastructure Cape Coral is just a little tiny market. I'm familiar with it I have family that actually lives there and we actually did some investing there we got to tell you, we took some tough lumps in that market. You know, we stuck our toe in the water. We did not make the heavy commitments in that market that we made in other markets. I wondered what happened to your toe. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, when when a market gets hot, it, it, a market can trade. This is just like stock trading. Buyers flood into different stocks or different markets or different asset classes based on one of two things. One is fundamentals and one is momentum. Hot money chases momentum. So guys that do technical analysis and they chase trends, they try to get in and out. But if you're a long-term investor of any kind, especially with real estate, you got to be careful chasing the trend because it's not easy to get out quickly. And if the market turns on you, you may not be able to get out quick enough. 
Now, what happens is sometimes a market will get hot for fundamental reasons, and then hot money will come in chasing the trend that it sees, and it will accelerate the market past what the fundamentals say. We saw that happen in Sacramento. I remember my daughter was an investor in Sacramento. She bought her first property in there at a 7 GRM. Gross rent multiplier, which is just a relationship between the gross rent and the price for the value of the property. Yeah, basically, it was like a $100,000 property that was renting for, I think, $600 a unit. So I can't remember what the numbers were, but it was lots of cash flow coming in. Well, two years later, the thing was selling for $330,000, but the rent hadn't increased by triple. And so you could tell right away, people were willing to pay a lot more money for the same income. That was hot money chasing what was good fundamentals. And if you don't know how to do that kind of analysis, you can't tell. The other thing is, is when the money begins to retreat, and the hot money leaves the market as it moves from asset class to asset class. Real estate was all the rage. And then all of a sudden it became a pariah and everybody left, right? Except for the hardcore real estate investors. When that hot money left the market, the only markets that, that were able to sustain themselves or the markets that bounced back the quickest were the ones that had real bones underneath them. So, the, you know, the markets that have real fundamentals underneath them have a reason for people and businesses to either stay in or come back. And so, you know, again, if you don't understand how to see those things. Now, different types of markets require different kinds of fundamentals, right? A manufacturing town is going to require different things than a shipping town. Uh, a resort town is going to have different things than a financial center or a government, right? There's different things that a market has to have that are fundamental to what make that particular market work. So that's why I'm excited about today's guest, because he's in a very unique market that has a very unique set of fundamentals. But if you listen to him tell this story... It really is about fundamentals, and the hot money hasn't showed up yet, so there's a lot of opportunity there. Well, and that's the point. This isn't about, oh, look at these guys pick great markets. This is about you understanding what it takes to pay attention to a market, and the great thing about real estate markets is they move slowly. It's not like the stock market that moves lightning fast, and if you're not faster clicking than the other guy, you're out. Real estate markets move slowly. They don't move decade by decade slowly, but you can be watching a market for months before it is obvious that it's time to move. Well, I think the other super huge important point on that is real estate, unlike a lot of the financial markets that we're finding out are heavily manipulated, right? Real estate is affected by the manipulation, right? When when entities, big governments or, or Federal Reserve or whoever is manipulating interest rates or the LIBOR scandal, that affects real estate. Because real estate is somewhat reactionary to interest rates. But the market isn't directly being manipulated, right? You, I think you can make the argument, and I don't want to go down like a conspiracy path, but I think you could make the argument that a lot of markets that, you know, regular paper asset investors invest in are somewhat manipulated. Therefore, they have a lot more volatility. And by somewhat manipulated, he means totally rigged. <laughs> totally rigged. I mean, I think it's pretty common knowledge today, right? So again, as a real estate investor, you can you can take a lot of comfort in the fact that people move into real estate for fundamental reasons. It's hard to get in and out. It's expensive to do the transaction. The due diligence takes time and expense. There's people involved and businesses involved that have to pack up and move. So there's a lot of things that, that just make the market move slow lower and it's a lot more stable because of that. Now, you know, again, we've taken some heat, right? And I think anybody in the real estate space, oh my God, real estate, you know, went down. Well, yes, it did. But I think even during the pit, we were saying, hey, if, if real estate were to take a major hit, and up to that point, it hadn't done it. But if it were, you're going to see both private industry, governments, and the banking system literally move heaven and earth 
to try to prop that market back up again. Well, today we're sitting on the other side of that and they've done it. Now you can say, yeah, but the market, there's a lot of bubbles in there. Well, yes, it is. But at the end of the day, has equity come back? The banks think so. Right now, they're starting to offer home equity lines of credit. They, they they were shutting them down four years ago. They didn't want the exposure. Today, they they want to hold paper against that equity. So they feel like it's here for a, you know at least the foreseeable future. But every market doesn't move equally, and banks are looking at markets regionally and locally. But they're also looking at the big picture. They're sitting on all this money that got pumped in from the Federal Reserve, and they're figuring out. It's finally time to get this money moving. Now, your mission as a real estate investor is to figure out how to move into the right market, to be smart about that. So when we come back, we're going to meet a good friend of ours who is in a great market, one of our favorite markets on earth. And he's going to share with us some of the fundamentals and some of the reasons you might want to consider paying attention to his market. Today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe of Paradigm Life. Over the last few years, I've had the privilege of sharing the services of Paradigm Life with you loyal Real Estate Guys Radio listeners through our website, www.beerbank.com, and also on the annual Investor Summit at Sea. Subsequently, we have seen a variety of financial situations across the socioeconomic spectrum and how everyone, regardless of their situation, would improve their financial lives by following the system we specialize in. As a result of this experience, we have created an online e-learning system so anyone without obligation can learn about the infinite banking concept. This free e-learning program is found on our website, www.beerbank.com. So check it out today. The website again is www.beerbank.com. Choosing the right market is one of the most important decisions you need to make as a real estate investor. You're looking for infrastructure, diverse and durable industry, and the right kind of jobs. So let's see if you can spot this market. It's home to more than 80 accredited universities, a Federal Reserve Bank, and more than 1,200 multinational companies. Need some more hints? It's one of the top 10 MSAs and is home to 10 Fortune 500 companies, including UPS, Coca-Cola, NCR, and Home Depot. Still stumped? It's third on the list of most Energy Star buildings in the U.S., has the second tallest hotel in the Western Hemisphere, and it boasts the world's busiest airport. Did you guess Atlanta? You're right. And there's so much more to discover about Atlanta, including the specific neighborhoods where fully rehabbed houses cash flow like crazy, yet sell to investors for far less than $100,000. So come take a look. Join the Real Estate Guys investor field trip to Atlanta, Georgia. For all the details, visit realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Experience this incredible market for yourself and hang out with the Real Estate Guys. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, this is Lawrence, your Chief Economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. They're more downloaded podcast on real estate investing. Been at this a long time, 18 years on the radio and podcasting since before they invented it. And it just means that we've seen a lot of markets that come and go. Some stay. We get into a market. We get married to a market, meaning we want to do the due diligence up front. And today we're going to welcome back to the show a gentleman who works in a market that uh, maybe you've heard of. If you listen to our show, you've definitely heard of this market, but you're going to learn some things today all the way from Central America in Belize, Mr. John Turley. Hey, Big John. Hey, Robert. Thanks for having me back. It's, you know, it's been more than a year. And last time you were on the program, we were talking about this amazing shift in baby boomers, the demographic shift of the baby boomers. And boy, have we seen that in your market 
fill us in. I mean, in February last year, we talked about Belize, and we really haven't talked about it since. Any listener to our show, here's the ads. We're always talking about Belize and coming to Belize. We do field trips to Belize. We must see something in Belize, but we really haven't talked about it much in over a year. Well, I think it's only fair to let the listeners know just exactly what's happening. And it is going to sound as though there's been about five years' worth of activity since we last checked in with one another, right. even though it was just early last year. In fact, just a couple of weeks after our last visit together on the radio show, we had drop in our lap one of the greatest gifts possible. Everyone's heard of TripAdvisor, of course. Oh, sure. February of 2013, last year, TripAdvisor came out with their Traveler's Choice Awards, and they crowned Ambergus Key Belize, our little island of 22,000 people, as the number one island in the world. So many years after you started directing people's attention to Belize, the word is out, and TripAdvisor rated it the number one island in the world. Well, it even gets better than that, because for the first time ever in 2014, February of this year, they did it again. Well, they did it again, and that's true. To be recognized by millions of reviews around the world, 82 countries, as the number one island in the world back-to-back. You know, it's funny, Robert. With only 22,000 people, there's no way that we could stuff the ballot box. I'd love to have a campaign to try to do that. But the reality is to have that kind of accolade or recognition. But I'll go one step further because while while it's great to be recognized as the number one island in the world, at the end of 2013, TripAdvisor came out with another list that I think is far more significant because, of course, how many islands are there? compared to all the tourism destinations in the world. Right. At the end of 2013, TripAdvisor came out with their list of the top 10 up-and-coming destinations. These are the places to keep your eye on. And on that list, out of all the tourism destinations in the entire world, Ambergus Key was ranked in the top 10. I would actually say that's far more significant than being recognized as the number one island in the world Because really, Robert, how many tourism destinations are there on planet Earth? Oh, it's huge. It's huge that it got recognized in that way. And the other thing is it's not some journalist's opinion. It is the peer-to-peer rating, right? Who goes on TripAdvisor? People that travel and they rate a place or a hotel or a restaurant in relation to their expectation. And so looking at the markets where they're seeing a rise, because they also monitor closely with the travel what we call OTA, right, online travel agencies, all the booking engines, they see where people are staying, and they see how they're rating them. And so to get on that list is huge. Absolutely. And you know what's so incredible about about the market, Robert? We've been talking about it. We've been visiting together. I've known you in the Belize market for, what, seven, almost eight years now? Right. So for quite some time, and yet it's really just in these last couple years, Belize reached the, the tipping point, the critical mass, if you will, at the end of 2012, just a little while after our last show together, is when Belize reached critical mass, when it reached 2,000 rooms in the Ambergus Key market. And just to explain to your listeners, in a tourism market, a tourism destination, 2,000 rooms is the point at which a market starts to draw interest from three very significant groups, from travel agents, from charter companies, and from consolidators. Consolidators like Orbitz and Travelocity and Expedia, until there's 2,000 rooms in the marketplace, there simply isn't the economies of scale to be able to to mass market to those groups. Which was Belize when we first started going there. It was a boutique market, no major brands of any kind. It was cool. It was beautiful. It was an amazing place, but it was so small. As soon as the market hit 2,000 rooms, well, something shifted. Absolutely. And when that happened at the end of 2012, I knew that we were going to see it reflected in the numbers. And when the numbers came out for tourism, for overnight tourism arrivals to Belize, at the end of 2012, we saw an increase of 16.3%. That's simply off the charts, Robert. 
Well, any market would love a 16% increase, right? A resort market especially, because resort markets are a little different than, say, fourplex markets or apartment markets or industrial markets, right? A, a resort market is driven, obviously, by tourism. What's amazing to me is Belize's number one industry is tourism, but it's less than 30% of the GDP. Well, exactly. And the thing too, Robert, because your listeners are sophisticated real estate investors, they know that it's always compared to what? If you have a 16.3% increase, but it comes on the heels of a 20% downturn, you may have only gotten close to getting back to parity. What's truly important to understand is that 2011, the preceding year, was an all-time record in tourism arrivals. It beat any year prior to the recession. So 2011 as a benchmark was an all-time high. So the 16% growth, the 16.3% growth was on top of that. And, and just to put it in numbers that people can understand, Robert, when you look at a market with 2,000 rooms, if you have a 16.3% increase, then you would need 326 more doors or, or units of inventory, whether they're hotel rooms or condos or villas, just to maintain equilibrium, just to absorb that increase in occupancy so as not to have an increase in, in overall occupancy on the island and the increase in the ADR, or the average daily rate, you'd have to have 326 more units. So I guess the fundamental question to ask is, were there 320-something units created? That is a world-class question, Robert. And the answer, of course, is no. Not even close. There weren't 300. There weren't 200. There weren't 100. There were literally only 30 doors added to the overall inventory in the year 2012. Craziness. Now, now let's take a, a quick step back because I think one of the most telling things, you, you look at markets when times are good, but you also have to look at markets when times are bad. And we'll, we'll visit this theme more than once on, on the show, but let's take 2009, right? The first full year after the global crisis and the mortgage meltdown. And tourism isn't the first thing on a lot of people's mind. In fact, tourism across the Caribbean was down 20% in 2009. What happened to Belize in 2009? Well, interestingly, and you're right, Robert, 20% down for the Caribbean, Caribbean-wide. But in Ambrigas Key, Belize, specifically, the number one tourism destination in the country, tourism was off only 1.8%. What that's really indicative of is how much growth there would have been were it not for the recession. So we did have a downturn. We were adversely affected. A 1.8 decrease certainly affected us. But interestingly... Because there was so much capital that was taken out of the stock market, $3 trillion of capital on the sidelines in the United States, a lot of that money was looking for a safe haven. Ironically, in 2009, the very year that we had a decrease in tourism, we actually had a record year in real estate sales because of people who were looking, and they were concerned not so much about the return on their investment, but the return of their investment. This is so critical to understand as a real estate investor, whether you're interested in a global market or your local market or any of that. This is such a critical point. In most markets, all ships rise with the tide, right? No matter how what's happening in the marketplace, everything's doing well or everything's not. This is a situation where tourism was down, but you sold more real estate. What's that about? Well, what was incredible is we still had our base market. The people looking for a vacation home, a second home, a retirement property, investment property, they were still there. They were perhaps apprehensive, a little bit nervous because of the downturn and wondering what was going to happen in, in terms of the economy. But what was really fascinating, Robert, was that the number of people who were concerned about what they saw, the number of people that took a 30% hit, a 40% hit, they saw their IRA, their 401k, their stock portfolio plunge. And all of a sudden they realized they had left their future, their financial future in the hands of so-called professional money managers. And all of a sudden they realized that they needed to take control of their financial ship. They needed to set the course for their financial 
financial future. And all of a sudden, having real property, real assets that were tangible, became the equivalent of, of owning a bar of gold or having a Swiss bank account because they could own that property in a market that is burgeoning and growing and has a, a significant upside to it. With the demographic shift of the baby boomers, the increase in tourism, Ambergus Key became a safe haven for real estate investors to hold real assets. All right, good stuff. Well, now 2012, so that was a huge year, obviously. But, you know, I, I tell you what, a lot of people might have thought that was because of a unique circumstance in Belize, right? Obviously, a place where you have a lot of Mayan ruins, and it was the end of the Mayan calendar, and some people thought the end of the world. Yeah, so it's funny because a lot of people say, well, yeah, but it's just an anomaly. I mean, you've got the end of the world, the Mayan calendar, December you know, December 2012 is going to be the big event when the world ends. And so there was a lot of speculation, a lot of hypothesis in the marketplace that maybe that's a driver of tourism. But I said... No, if you look at the market fundamentals, the fundamentals, the drivers, the fact that we reached 2,000 rooms and Ambergris Key can now hang its shingle and announce to the world that we are now open for business as a major tourist destination, I just knew that in 2013 we were going to see the, the continued increase in tourism. And guess what? In February 2013, that's when TripAdvisor gave us the announcement, number one island in the world. Of course, that was followed up by a 6.1% increase in tourism for 2013 on the heels of a 16.3% increase the year before. So we're talking significant growth on top of significant growth. Well, and something else is happening. Just being a person that visits quite regularly to Ambergris Key, I remember when we first started going there eight years ago, there was a, a high season, and there still really is, but kind of like from the holiday days in late December all the way through late April, early May, there was a premium. You'd pay more for a room and, and there'd be more people there. It might be 80% to occupied. And, and then there'd be the low season or the value season. So in August or September, it might be 40% occupied. Some restaurants would be closed, some hotels would be closed. And that was pretty common the first three or four years I traveled to Belize. But what's really interesting to me is that that has changed. Now, when I'm there in June and July, it's still at 80 or 85 or 90 percent occupied. I think what's happened is there's this spillover. People wanted to maybe go in the high season or they decided it was too much or they couldn't get a room and they'd, well, maybe we'll go into May or maybe we'll try June. And now it doesn't seem like there's that that delineation there used to be. Well, it's so true. And, and the anecdotal way of looking at it is we used to say that in high season for about four months of the year, you had to have a restaurant reservation. For the rest of the year, you could roll the dice and walk into a restaurant and have a pretty good chance of getting a table right away. But literally, for the last two years, you have had to have a restaurant reservation every night of the year. That is indicative of significant growth. But the other thing to look at, Robert, and this is where I love to be a numbers guy. I'm very analytical. And so the question is, when you talk about a 16% increase or a 6% increase, is that all happening in just one month of the year or just one season? Or is it is it growth that's happening consistently across the board? Because that's the healthier kind of growth. It's more sustainable. And if you look at a month-by-month -month breakdown over the last five years, you'll see a consistency of growth month over month, year over year for five years straight where every single month of the year has had a continued increase. That is healthy, sustainable growth in the marketplace. Yeah, and that's pretty crazy. That's what we're looking for when we're talking about looking at a marketplace and understanding its past, its present, its potential future. Now, you can look at the numbers you shared and say, okay, 16% and then 6%. So the rate of increase seems to have gone down. Except that as a resort market starts to get full, there reaches a point where the glass won't take any more water. 
Yeah, exactly. In fact, the analogy I like to use, and if you were to ask me what, what's one of my biggest concerns about the marketplace, I'll share that with you right now. Let's just imagine that you're, you're gone for a week on vacation. You come home and you realize there was a leak in the bathtub and the stopper was in place. The bathtub is overflowing. The big question in your mind is how long has it been overflowing? Yep. Has it only been overflowing for the last two hours before you got home for the airport or has it been the last four days? If the, if the tub is three quarters full, then you know that it's been dripping, but you're okay with that. What you don't know is the uncertainty of how much water has spilled over the side. In our case, the market is so strong and performing so well, and we have such an increase in demand relative to the increase in supply that we're literally operating at capacity. My biggest issue or concern is how much business are we turning away? How much business is having to go to mainland Belize? Because quite literally, the market in Ambergris Key is saturated with demand. And we'll talk in a moment about the airlines and the recent announcements. And I, I have to tell you, it has me even more excited about where this market is heading. Our guest today is John Turley. We're visiting about Ambergris Key, Belize, the number one tourist market in the country of Belize. More when we come back. Plus, we're going to play real estate trivia. Your chance to win a prize next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, this is Simon Black from SovereignMan.com, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're talking about how you keep your eyes on your real estate markets. In particular, we're talking about the market of Ambergris Key in Belize. Our guest is John Turley. Before we get back to the interview with John, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing the answers to today's trivia question, which, of course, is going to have something to do with Belize. As soon as you hear the question and think you know the answer, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer is going to get a copy of the ABCs of Real Estate Investing by Rich Dad Advisor and our good friend Ken McElroy. Ken, of course, will be joining us for the sixth time on the upcoming Summit at Sea in 2015. Before we give you this week's trivia question, last week on the Real Estate Guys, we were talking about getting to critical mass. We asked this, where is the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame? Obviously, in Hayward, Wisconsin. Here's our question for this week. Name the largest city in the country of Belize. Belize is not a big place population-wise, but the biggest city in terms of population is what? If you think you know or want to take a guess, send us the answer to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Be sure you include your name and your mailing address so we can send you your physical copy of the ABCs of Real Estate Investing by Ken McElroy. 
That's today's real estate trivia question. Our guest is Big John Turley. We're talking about Belize, one of my favorite places, but I don't want that to color this too much because I want people to understand there's a lot of different things driving this market. And before the break, you talked about some of the new announcements that are making. So when we look back at tourism, we're looking at the numbers, we're looking in the rearview mirror. Now let's attempt to kind of look forward, you know, get out your crystal ball, if you will. And and markets leave clues in regards to that, too. One of the things we like to do on our field trips sometimes is to bring in someone from, say, a business development uh, department or the Chamber of Commerce because they have an insight that the rest of the world doesn't. They're out courting businesses to come into a market, so they see who's thinking about coming in and, and who they're talking to. And so they're they're looking into the future. In the case of Amargus Key, there are some clues looking into the future. Absolutely. In fact, just to share some of the things happening in the marketplace in the third and fourth quarter of 2013, a couple of significant airline announcements. So American Airlines, of course, has direct flights from Dallas, Fort Worth to Belize. And during about half of the year, those are daily flights. In fact, two flights a day. But there's about six months of the year that we'd call the value season, if you will. And historically, American would curtail or cut back its flight schedule to just, just three days a week. Now, this year, 2014, is the first year that, based on existing demand, American has announced that they're going to continue seven days a week, daily flight service every day of the year from Dallas to Belize. That's an addition of four flights a week. So that's just one airline announcement. Now let's turn to Delta. Delta has direct flights from Atlanta seven days of the week, but because of the increase in demand, every Saturday they're adding a second direct flight from Atlanta to Belize round trip. And then Delta made a huge announcement in December. Starting December 21st, Delta Airlines commenced direct nonstop flights from Los Angeles to Belize. Now what's so exciting about this, Robert, this was the first time there have ever been direct flights from any city west of Dallas, Texas to Belize. The entire western half of the United States did not have direct flights and so that was huge for us and just those three airline announcements alone is a net increase of 960 passenger seats to Belize. Well and in a small market that's significant if you said well we added 960 passenger seats to Los Angeles you wouldn't even notice that but to a tiny market like Belize with a population of less than 350,000 that's significant. Oh, it's massive. And then if you take it a step further and extrapolate that about 70 to 75% of everybody coming to Belize as an overnight tourist arrival is going to end up in Ambergus Key, whether that's the, the, the place they're going for the duration of their stay or if that's where they're going after visiting some part of the mainland. So that's 700 net passenger seats a week to the island of Ambergus Key, an island that only has a gross total of 2,000 rooms. So we're talking a potential increase of 35%. Well, we don't have... 35% room to increase in our occupancy. Well, I tell you how it's manifested, having come there a lot, is the prices are up. Room prices are up and occupancy is up. There are times now where I can't stay at my favorite hotel because they don't have any room for me. And when I can, it's up $100 a night from six years ago. Well, and the thing to understand, Robert, this is one of the most important things for your listeners to understand, is this is not a real estate broker saying that the market is hot. The best third-party validation you can have is from the airlines because where do the airlines get their information? They're not relying on the Belize Tourism Board. They're not relying on any other source than their own internal booking mechanism. They look at the demand that exists within their network and they know exactly where they need to add new flights. So for American Airlines and Delta Airlines to add these additional flights, they don't take the policy that if we fly it, they will come. 
They only add the flights when the existing demand is already in place. So direct flights every day to Belize from Charlotte, from Atlanta, from Miami, from Houston, from Dallas, now a weekly flight from Los Angeles. Was there a weekly flight from the New York area? Yeah, well, and this is what's exciting. This is United Airlines, another player in the game. So uh, just a year ago, United had a seasonal flight one day a week from Newark, New Jersey, which of course represents the greater New York City metropolitan area, to Belize. And they've increased that service now to four times a week. So they quadrupled the service from Newark, New Jersey. Now, the exciting thing about that, that service commenced December 19th, the four flights a week. So, Robert, literally within, the, within a span of 48 hours between December 19th and December 21st, 2013, Belize went from not having direct flights from the two largest metropolitan areas in the United States to having direct flights from New York City and Los Angeles within a span of 48 hours. And I'm guessing you're not done. No, I'm not, Robert. <laughs> this is where it gets even more exciting. So in a private meeting with the Minister of Civil Aviation, which is a cabinet position in Belize, and this is one of the benefits I have of having the right contacts and the right sources, but in meeting with the Minister of Civil Aviation, we have three more major airline announcements of direct flights that will be added before the end of 2014. Wow. All right. Can you spill the beans? Robert, I can't. There hasn't been a press release yet. It's not public information. But what I can tell you, everything I shared about the growth in tourism for 2011, 2012, 2013, those are what we call KPIs. Those are key performance indicators looking back. So that's almost like the autopsy, if you will. What we're talking about in terms of the new airline announcements and even the new airlines that are yet to be announced for later this year, those are critical drivers. Those are things like the pulse, the blood pressure, the oxygen capacity. They tell us the health of the patient. And the reality, Robert, is that this patient is getting healthier and healthier. The economy is getting more vibrant and the opportunity is an opportunity we do not want to miss. You know, I just saw an article that came out that had the uh, 15 markets that you should visit before they become popular or something like that. Did you see that? Yeah, a fantastic article in the Huffington Post just a few weeks ago talking about the top 15 places to visit before they're famous. And they used the analogy, just imagine if you could go back to one of those places, to one of those markets, and discover it before it was swarming with people, before it was the real estate opportunity we all wish that we could have participated in. And it specifically said that Ambergris Key Belize is the number one place in all of Central America, the crowning destination of places to get to before they become famous. John, you know, real estate investors that have looked in the U.S. have seen markets go up and then go down, right? Almost every single MSA in the United States took a pretty serious hit in 09 and 10 and 11. And many of those markets are back. Some are not back. Tell us about price appreciation in San Pedro and Ambergris Key, has there been down markets there? Well, here's the interesting thing, Robert, and I'm going to talk about a bottleneck, but I view every bottleneck as an opportunity. In Belize and in Ambergris Key, financing is very hard to come by. Belize has the highest reserve requirements of any banking system, any central bank in the world. And there's good news and bad news associated with that. The good news is Belize has the most stable banking system in the world. There's never been a bank failure in Belize. Instead of being able to print money indiscriminately and lend out at 20 to 40 times the existing capital that exists in the marketplace, Banks in Belize actually have this very interesting concept of reserves. You see, that's a foreign thought to us because as Americans, we have the Federal Reserve, which is neither federal nor has reserves. Right. But in Belize, for every dollar that's deposited in the banks, the banks have to physically hold on to 24% as cash reserves. That's their reserve requirement, and it's the highest in the world. 
But because of that, it means that every single property owner in Belize either has 100% equity or 40% equity because that's what the banks require. They require 40% down. It's typically 10% interest, terms that most of us in the United States would, be, would consider to be very unfavorable. And yet the most exciting thing for me in the marketplace, Robert, is that I can buy a cash flow producing property that's increasing in its equity appreciation, and I can achieve high single digit, low double digit returns cash on cash in an unleveraged position. If I can achieve the desired returns, returns that are going to be better than I can find in most any American market today, and have those returns in an unleveraged position, think about it, Robert, for most real estate investors, whether or not a property has positive cash flow or negative cash flow is entirely based on the financing terms that are available. Yep. As interest rates rise and drop, that affects whether or not a property cash flows accordingly. We're very fortunate in that if you have a property that achieves the desired cash flow you're looking for and it's completely unleveraged, there's only one direction to go. Because once you introduce leverage into the marketplace, your returns are going to get better. You can't have a worse return than an all-cash position. Such a good point. Now, I can imagine that there are listeners who are going, you know, this all sounds really amazing, and I probably should have come on the Belize field trip four years ago when there was still opportunity. Is there any opportunity left? The answer is yes, Robert. What's so incredible is that in spite of all of this growth, in spite of the airline announcements, the year-over-year -year increases, we simply don't have the supply in place. We know that the growth is going to continue. Let me tell you why. Because all of our discussion up until now has been about tourism right. and the critical drivers, the foundation pillars built around tourism. And yet, as we talked about on our previous episode, the baby boomers are coming. And here we are, the only English-speaking country in Central America on an island that Islands Magazine has declared to be the number one island in the world to retire to, and we're going to get an unfair advantage, a disproportionate share of the 3.3 million Americans looking to retire abroad over the next 10 years, and our market just happens to be a shining beacon within an hour 45 minutes of Miami, three hours of Atlanta, and two hours of Houston. Well, this is such a good point because tourism is also fickle. When times are good, people travel. When they're not, they don't. But when people are looking to retire, they're looking for a place that's warm, that's friendly, where they don't have to learn a foreign language, where they can get fee simple ownership of title, where the exchange rate is easy to understand, and Belize checks all those boxes. Absolutely. It meets all the qualifications that people are looking for. I truly say it's an unfair advantage. You know, the Wall Street Journal last year did a great article. It broke down for us where the 350,000 Americans are located that are collecting Social Security around the world outside of the United States. That's the total population of Americans collecting Social Security. Now, of those 350,000, one in seven are in Mexico. There's about 50,000 Americans collecting Social Security there. There's only about 10% of that amount, or 5,000, that are in Costa Rica, and only 1% of the number of Americans in Mexico are collecting Social Security in Belize. But I would argue, Robert, that the conditions in Mexico today are such that people are adversely disposed to the idea of retiring to Mexico. And because Belize is safe, because it's English-speaking, because it checks off every single one of those boxes, I think that we stand to receive a disproportionate share of retirees moving abroad, and that is another market driver for us. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, I know our podcast listeners get tired of hearing about our uh, Discover Enchanting Belize trips that we do, but I, I got to tell you, it's, there's nothing like seeing this market up close and personal. Well, and my advice is don't be one of those who says, I would have, could have, should have. 
grab the bull by the horns. My personal commitment, my personal promise. This has been my home, Robert, for almost nine years. My wife and I are three kids. I have the expectation that every single person that I see on the Belize field trip is somebody that I'm going to see again and again and again. There is no anonymity on an island of 22,000 people. I only have one reputation, and I fully expect that every person that I introduce to this market and sees this market and has a chance to experience, I'm going to see them again and again and again, and I look forward to welcoming them with open arms and thanking them for not passing up the opportunity of a lifetime. If you want to hang out with Big John Turley in beautiful Belize, you go to our website at realestateguysradio.com, click on events, you'll see Belize Discovery Trips. John and I lead those trips, and uh, we have a great time doing it. As always, a pleasure to have you here, Mr. John Turley. Thanks, Robert. Greatly appreciate it. More when we come back. I'm your host, Robert Helms, with the Real Estate Guys. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. And why U.S. real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Here's a real estate trivia question for you. What is Elvis Presley's famous mansion, Graceland, and affordable positive cash flow turnkey real estate investing have in common? Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee is home to both Graceland and Terry Kerr's Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry specializes in trouble-free turnkey rental properties. Turnkey means Terry finds, fixes, rents, and manages the property, so all you have to do is put it in your portfolio and collect the checks. It's plug and play. That's music to my ears. Call Terry and his team at Mid-South Home Buyers at 888-510-6838, extension 118, or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Donald Trump, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys. Oh, my goodness, he's like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> it's hard to imagine being more excited. But, you know, it reminds me of the summit, because as, try, as hard as we try to overpromote, it's really hard to overpromote it. I mean, of all the people that have come to Belize as a market, uh, or all the people that have come on the summit, you know, that nobody's ever left and go, oh, that wasn't worth it. So it's such a powerful thing. But, you know, the lessons there, like like he talked about the airlines. Okay, these are third-party corporations that have to make huge capital investments and commitments. They do their homework. Right. And then when they may decide to make that decision, it's analogous in a regular market to somebody putting in a freeway, right? If you say, okay, how do you know where the path of progress is? Well, the city planners get together. They figure out what the demographic trends are. They say, well, let's put a freeway in. And if you're smart enough to pay attention to that, you go buy the land that's near the off-ramp. You're going to have valuable real estate in a few years when that distribution chain 
channel that moves people into the marketplace is there. You know, one of the things John didn't even mention today, there's a $30 million U.S., $60 million Belize infrastructure project just announced in San Pedro. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of money if you're thinking about freeways in Dallas, but $30 million U.S. is one-tenth of the national debt of the country of Belize. That means if the U.S. were going to do a comparable infrastructure project in, say, Orlando, Florida, they'd have to spend $1.7 trillion dollars on it. Talk about commitment and infrastructure. Well, and, and the point is that kind of money can move the needle. And, you know, it's like in the precious metals market. It doesn't take a lot of buyers or sellers to move the market. And so, it, you know, precious metals traders look at that and go, oh, well, I can get in that market and I can either move it. I can, I can actually have an impact on it. You know, so we know real estate developers that have an impact on the market because they're big enough to do that because the market is so small. The point is, is that when you're studying any market, you have to understand what is the infrastructure that makes that market tick. This is a very unique market. Market because the kind of infrastructure you would normally look for, say, in a U.S. domestic market, it's not the same. You know, we're not looking at employment and jobs. We're looking at tourism and retirees. But still, they're purchasers, they're renters, uh, and renters, when I say renters, not month-to-month -month renters, but night-overnight renters, which is a lot more profitable. Well, that's one of the big keys there. So, And I think the bigger picture is but whether you're interested in Belize or not, we, we hope you are and we hope you come on the trip because it's awesome and there's, we think, a fabulous opportunity. But the bigger picture is Find a guy like John in your market. Find someone who's yes. keeping the pulse of what's happening. In every market, there's somebody like John. They may not be as energetic and passionate, but hopefully they are because they can share with you what's really happening, or better yet, you become that person. Well, and you can validate the things that John says or a guy like that. You say, if somebody says, oh, well, this company's moving in, well, then you can go check that company's press releases. You can go check their annual report, buy a share of stock or whatever. Same thing with the airlines. It's easy to validate the things that he's saying is are happening you know these are third-party things over which he has no control right and we talked uh, recently about the atlanta market and all that's going on there we talked about the orlando market and what's happening there three different markets three different sets of stories so it's not there's not one end-all be-all market for real estate investors what you have to commit yourself to is to stay educated and to make sure you're on the cutting edge and that you're paying attention that's the big thing hey we're headed to atlanta georgia in fact really soon we'd love to have you come join us for a real estate guys field trip. We'll be in Atlanta on the 20th of June through the 22nd. We'll be back in Belize the weekend after that, June 27th. All those dates and uh, the information available on our website at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, big thanks to Big John Turley. Always fun to hang out with him. Until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.